One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. You know, over the last, uh, well, two years, the Lord led Shelly and I to go uh, to Toledo. Um, we planted the School of the Holy Spirit. We did that for a year. Um, saw a lot of pastors and a lot of a lot of people in the city get baptized in the Holy Ghost. And uh, we're currently working with a church um, Complete. They were completely zero Holy Spirit. Uh, there are about 300 people, and we're now working with them, transitioning them into a full-blown Holy Spirit church in Toledo. And, um, you know, over the last year, the Lord actually told me to stop the school um, last spring. And um, just in the last year, I've got seven different places, ranging from Rochester, New York, and the land of Finney, the land of Nash, um, all the way to Redding, California, Kansas City, in between different places where the Lord is awakening um, warriors, okay? And, and we've seen a lot of supernatural things, a lot of supernatural equipping, people that had zero Holy Spirit, um, you know, 30, 40, 50 people in living rooms, and at the end of the night, they're all praying in tongues, casting demons out of people, and just doing a lot of supernatural things. So the Lord is equipping in this hour for a purpose. And, um, you know, at the end of... 2021, um, the Lord just out of, out of the blue, I didn't plan on writing a book. I sat down and in two weeks, this new book came out. It's titled Wisdom Filled Warriors. Um, and there's a theme. There's the, the Lord is literally waking up people to enter into a war. You're, you, how many people know that you are in a war, right? And so if you want, if, uh, we got like 10 books left, they, they sold like hotcakes last night. We didn't expect that many to go, but there's 10 left. If you don't get one, you can always go on uh, Amazon and uh, download it and do whatever you need to do there. But um, this war is a real thing. You, you, you may not know it, but um, you are in the greatest battle spiritually since the time of World War II and the Nazi, the Third Reich that was intended to take over the world. Okay. And I'm telling you that because I was minding my own business in 2018, um, and the Lord came to me one night and he started to show me some things, and I didn't realize it was, it was going to be key in what he was calling me to do as I'm, as I'm actually doing it right now, okay? And um, in this vision, um, the Lord showed me the United States, and he showed me this huge dark cloud over the whole nation. And then he zeroed me in on California and he let me see this earthquake happen in California. And out of, out of the earthquake came this creature and this creature appeared like a man and had a long tail on, on, on this creature. And, and the Lord zeroed in on this creature and he showed me the name on this creature was called Abaddon. Well, if you know anything about Abaddon in, in Revelation uh, 9-11, the Bible talks about Abaddon, the destroyer, being released out of hell upon the earth. Okay? And I'm sitting here and I'm watching, I'm watching this creature and the Lord starts to show me some details. And all of a sudden I see Satan come and he puts a suit and tie on Abaddon 
tucks his tail up underneath his suit and makes Abaddon appear like somebody that you and I would talk to every day. Couldn't recognize it was Abaddon, the destroyer that has come up out of hell that has this tail on it, okay? And I watched as Satan would lead this, this creature, Abaddon, into different pulpits. Pulpits in churches, pulpits in uh, the government, pulpits in the news media, um, and what I saw as Abaddon started to speak, I saw the people, it was like they went into a trance. You know, you know how you see people like this glazed look comes over their eyes? And once the people were in a trance, as Abaddon started to speak to them, the tail would slither out from underneath the coat, and he showed me a needle on the end of the tail, and the needle started to jab people. One by one, they were being jabbed. And there's a whole lot of other stuff that the Lord showed me about the United States and the, and the world, but I'm not going to get into that because that gets pretty political and I don't want to go there. I want to keep you zeroed in on the fact that in 2018, I had no idea the impact of seeing the jab. You know where I'm going with this, right? And you may think that the jab was the intent but the reality is Abaddon, the destroyer, came with an intent to destroy the world, right? He came with an intent to, to literally destroy the world. He puts people in a trance. He makes you so afraid that you actually need the jab, right? You're actually so shaken in fear. Oh, my God, I need somebody to save me. And everybody runs to get this jab, that slithers out from underneath this thing that appears like it's there to help you, but one by one, the people get jabbed. That's pretty freaky. And so this has unfolded. I'm, I mean, Shelly and I, I can't tell you hundreds of conversations. I can't believe the Lord showed me this. Why did he show me this? And it's, I believe it's connected um, into what he's now sending me out to do, which is equip people to the revelation that you are in a war. If you don't realize it, you're oblivious. You are in a war and you need to learn how to fight. You need to actually recognize there's a deceiving spirit. Abaddon is there to destroy you. It's intended to enslave you, to break you down. And the jab is the ultimate goal, right? To literally infect you with what Abaddon is, is saying, that you are actually at the mercy of Abaddon. Well, how many of you know that you have this Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and he is the answer of all things. He is the deliverer. He is your healer. There's no government. There's nothing that has power over you unless you give it to you. So say this with me. Say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, break me away from the spell of Abaddon. You see, the Lord has an answer, which I believe he is about to unleash in the earth. And I believe you guys are part of it. The Lord is awakening armies all across the world right now. Supernatural armies who are going to literally recognize you're in a war and you better be weaponized to fight. Right? And the most supernatural weapon there is is the voice of the Lord. The most powerful person there is is not the person that understands and knows all the Bible scripture. The most powerful person in the room is the one who hears the voice of the Lord, knows the voice of God, and can walk in and release 
and impart to the people the impartation that the Lord wants to impart. Paul said this in, in Romans 1.11. He says, I long to come to you that I may impart to you. Every one of you who hear the voice of the Lord has something to impart. When you, when you receive a vision and a dream, you are flowing in the gifts of the Spirit to impart something that the Lord wants to give to a person. Amen? Amen. And, you know, the Lord actually makes it pretty simple when you, re- when you get the revelation of how the Lord works. And when, when the Lord talks in Joel chapter 2, he says these words in Joel 22 verse, or I'm sorry, Joel chapter 2 verse 25, he says, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have stolen. And he names four different types of locusts. And the theme of all of that is, guess what? The destroyer. If you study out what those locusts mean and what they're intended to do, when locusts come into a field, there's nothing left. They destroy it, they eat it, they consume it. People in the old days feared the locusts. Anybody, you're bombarded on the news. You're bombarded. You hear from your government, you hear from CNN, you hear from all of them how you need the jab. Have they convinced you? Huh? Listen, listen. The Lord says, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have stolen. Whatever the destroyer has come into your life, whatever he's intimidated you out of, whatever he's ruled over you, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have stolen. I will give you back sevenfold. I don't care what he says he's taken from you. I will restore to you the years. Right? And it's all connected to what? If you if you're, continue on in the chapter, in, in verse 28, he says, you will dream dreams, you will have visions, and you will prophesy. And you may say, well, you know, prophecy, I can give or take prophecy. No, no, you don't understand. Hearing the voice of the Lord is the answer that brings destruction to the destroyer. It turns the tables on the enemy. Instead of you being a victim of the locust, the locust is your victim. You become the hunter. Instead of you shaking in fear as Abaddon is preaching from the pulpit, oh, you're going to die. You're in a pandemic. It's literally eating you alive. You're going to die. Go get your jab. And you rise up and flip the tables and say, no, no. I heard the voice of God. I heard what the Lord said. And the Lord says, wham. You see, when you're a victim, you, you, you're functioning in a, in a mindset that you have nothing to impart, that you have, no, that you have nothing that the Lord has to give. But when you are a son of God, when you hear the Lord speak, it doesn't matter where you walk. You're actually anointed for the darkest places on earth. You're actually anointed to hunt darkness. In fact, the nature of the Lord, way back at the beginning of the book in Genesis chapter 1, it said the earth was void, nothing. It was so completely black, there was no light. And guess what? The Lord wasn't shaking in his boots. The Lord actually said, I'm stepping into the earth, the place where Satan rules, and I'm going to speak into the earth, and I'm going to take the earth. I'm going to overcome the earth. I'm going to release my light in the earth. I am the former. I am the creator. I am the reformation. I am the God who overtakes the darkness. War is about a mentality that you trust in what he says, and you center your whole life around what he is saying. Right? You can sit there and watch the news and in five minutes, you're going to die. Oh my God, I'm going to die. The world is going to pot. It's dead. 
The American government's falling to pieces. It's over. We're done. All they do is want to kill each other and Republican and Democrat and did it, did it, and you're like, oh, oh. and you're, you're under the spell. Come on, fear has taken your heart. And, and, and the Lord is awakening an army to recognize the lie of Abaddon, the destroyer, and you turn that junk off, you turn off all these external voices, and it says, I don't care what that voice says, I hear the Lord. And the Lord says, I have the answer for destruction. I release my voice, my dream, and my vision in the heart of my sons and daughters, and I will restore to you the years that the locusts have stolen. Are you with me, church? (laughs) Come on, man. I mean, if that doesn't get you excited. See, the problem is most people, most people in church today, you know, even charismatic churches, when when I go to places, they think I'm like, where did this guy come from? Right? Who? Where? I mean, why, why does he believe so much? Why is the Holy Spirit? Why is deep? Why are there demons? Most people are like, yeah, I think they're demons, but as long as I don't mess with them, they won't mess with me. Any any of you guys think like that? Huh? You see, <laughs> you see, when the Lord's about to bring you into the revelation of purpose and calling. Um, and and, and a be, uh, have you awakened to the reality that Jesus said in Mark 16, these signs will follow those that believe in my name, you will cast out devils, not maybe, not might, but if you're with me, one of the signs is you will cast out devils, you will learn you're in a fight, you will pray in tongues, you will take up serpents, meaning you recognize there's an enemy against you, and you literally take up the fight against your, against the darkness. Against the depression, against the hopelessness, against the fear, against the sickness, against the disease. You actually recognize you are in a war. And that's what the Lord is doing in this hour. He's awakening people to realize that you've been under a spell. The world has been released. There's been a spell released upon the world. How can you explain that in a matter of months, a free country like Australia is suddenly now a dictatorship where people can't leave their house? Under lock and key. How does that happen? There's a destruction. There's a, the destroyer is released on the earth. And the jab is part of it. I don't care where you're at politically. I'm telling you what I saw in the spirit. And I can, I can, I can line up my resume with the vision of the Lord and how he's led me through life. And I'm telling you, the jab is part of the destruction. Don't believe the lie. Don't believe what they're telling you. The jab is a part of the destroyer's intent. You don't need the jab. You need Jesus. You need to freaking fight like you're in a war. Not just sit there like a pickle, whatever I said the last time I was here. A pickle in a pew, right? You're in a war. Look at the person next to you and say, wake up! You're in a war! You need weaponized! (laughs) I think I hurt my arm when I slammed on (laughs) the Somebody want to pray for me? You got the picture though, right? Yeah, but I don't know. I don't really know that demons are really that real. I really don't know. I've never seen one myself. I don't know. 
Well, let me tell you a story. I got a lot of stories. I'm going I'm to tell you one that's actually, it was such a wake-up call. I told you one last night. It was pretty supernatural, right? That was a pretty freaky story. This story happened, um, I believe it was 2010, if I, if I remember correctly. Um, but I went to bed like a regular, regular night, right? And I didn't realize the Lord was awakening me to another level of warfare on this particular night. And um, how many of you know that fear is not of the Holy Spirit? Fear is an indicator of the presence of evil. Okay? And it's not just you trying to stop um, a panic attack or anything like that. Fear is a spirit. First Timothy says, you've not been given a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. Fear is a spirit. Right? So if you don't fight in the spirit, I don't care how, how much you try to stop it, how much you try to like be good and all that stuff and just stop, you, you're never going to stop it unless you learn to fight in the spirit. Okay? And so I go to bed on this particular night like a, like a regular night. And um, all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, somewhere around 2 a.m., I become aware that I'm in this dream. And in this dream, this woman is, is, is uh, looking at me and she goes, you know, you're afraid. You're always going to be afraid. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm in the, I, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. You don't know who I am. And we're in this argument back and forth in a dream. And she goes, no, no, no. You're always going to be afraid. You're afraid. Your dad's afraid. Your whole family's afraid. That's a, that was a curse, okay? The curse is speaking to me in the dream. And I'm, I'm going, no, it changed. I'm baptized in the Holy Ghost. And I start warring against this thing in my dream. And I'm going, come out, leave me, go in Jesus' name. And she, her face started to contort, okay? Something was being, something was changing in the midst of the dream. And this, this woman's face changed. And I could see that it was a demon. Okay, and when when it was a demon and I'm literally fighting in the spirit in this dream, I am now becoming conscious that something supernatural is happening to me in my bedroom as I'm I'm becoming awake. And in the midst of becoming awake, I felt two things. My my legs and arms were shaking in fear. My whole body is, is trembling. Okay. As I'm laying in bed and I'm coming out of this dream, my body is shaking to the point. Anybody ever have a panic attack? Right? You're shaking uncontrollably. Right? So I'm I'm shaking. But at the same time, I feel this immense fire in my belly. It was like like burning so hot, it felt like there was literally hot coals in my belly. And all of a sudden, this, this heat came up. My, my uh, esophagus up into my mouth and I woke up. And as I woke up, I looked to my right and hovering over my bed was a, was a demonic creature, okay? It kind of looked like Skeletor. It had um, long, uh, what I'll call white dreadlocks, okay? And the thing that stuck out about this creature is it had fingers on it that were like 12 inches long. And its hands were over top of my body. And what I saw coming out of its hand, hands was, um, it looked like lightning. 
So I'm laying there, I'm feeling this fire coming up out of my mouth, and I'm actually seeing why my body is shaking. And out of my mouth came this scripture. And I, at this point in my life, I never studied Psalm 91. I read it maybe several times, but I was into a lot of different things at that point. But there's a, there's a scripture in, in Psalm 91 that says, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. And as I'm looking, I mean, this is all happening in like two seconds. I'm, I'm looking at this creature, realizing that there's an energy and I can't figure out if the energy is coming from the creature into me or the energy is coming out of my body. Okay. But out of my mouth, this fire, which is the Holy Spirit comes out of my mouth and a scripture that I did not know comes out of my mouth and out of my mouth says a thousand will fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. And that creature looked at me and started, it started to like get woozy and all of a sudden, boom, it was gone. And I jump out of bed. Oh! I'm ready to fight, man. I'm, there's two revelations. Number one is fear is real. It's demonic, right? Generational curses. People in here I know struggle with fear, anxiety. It's normal. There's a lot of it. But I'm, it's not you. It's a demon that has ruled over you. It's a curse. Okay? It's part of the curse. The greatest revelation is even in my sleep, the Holy Ghost that I received as an impartation from Jesus Christ, his baptism, he gave me the Holy Ghost to even protect me in the middle of the night. And that fire of God in me knew what was going on. And at that moment, he was going to awaken me to warfare. He was going to awaken me to the revelation of why I experienced panic, of why I shook at different points in my life, of why I couldn't even speak in front of people. I was bound in fear for years before I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. I couldn't, I couldn't speak in front of people. I, I hated it. I used the excuse I didn't like to. I didn't want to. But I would stand up in front of people and I, oh, nothing would happen. Nothing would come out. That's a true story. But the Holy Ghost reached into my life and opened my spiritual eyes to see the reality of the spiritual battle that was before me. Okay? And you may say, well, I'm glad that didn't happen to me. Well, let me, let me give you a clue. If you haven't seen anything like that, it's only because you haven't grown in a, a, a point of revelation with the Spirit and have been prepared to actually fight a battle like that. Okay? It doesn't mean you're not worthy. That just means there's a progression. There's an impartation that has to happen. And, and as you enter into warfare, as you grow deeper in the Holy Spirit, your spiritual eyes, right? Paul said, I pray that you would be granted the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowing of Jesus Christ, that your heart would be flooded with light, that you would see the real picture, that you would see the real reality of what's going on, that you would see in the spirit with spiritual eyes, what the enemy is trying to do to you, trying to jab you, trying to make you afraid, right? You with me? But you, you have to realize that it's not an unusual thing to experience demonic powers at night, right? How many of you have experienced weird things at night? Your bed shakes, things fall off the wall, you hear people walking up and down your hallway, huh? 
doors open and close. Are you with me? Come on, man. You see, there's, when you study Psalm 91, you get the revelation that David um, had this amazing revelation of warfare. And I'm just going to read a, 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 a Psalm 91, verse 4. It says, He shall cover you with his feathers. Under his wings you shall uh, take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. What is truth? The spirit of truth, the Holy Ghost, the spirit in you, the fire, right? You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by by day, nor of the pestilence, the destroyer that walks in darkness. Right? My eyes are open to see the destroyer standing beside my bed, which Jesus actually told me that thing was a ruling spirit. It was was part of a generational curse that followed my bloodline. Told me which grandma it came from. Told me why. Told me a whole lot of details. And I don't have time to get into that. Maybe we'll do that at a different time, but... The reality is curses are real and the terror that walks in night that haunts you at night that hunts you at night terror hunts you at night right but there's this there's this revelation that you have to have that um you know demons actually harvest energy they harvest you do you guys ever see um the matrix you know when neo took the red pill and his eyes were open to realize He's looking around him and realizing all the humans were being harvested for their energy. He woke up out of the pod. There's truth to that. There's there's actual truth to that picture that was presented. So when when your eyes are open to see the reality and you say, well, okay, show me that scripturally. All right, I think I will. If you go to Luke 11, Jesus was talking about when a devil is cast out of a man, it goes into dry places. I think, I think it's 11, somewhere around 20, between verse 20 and 30. It says that when a demon is cast out of a man, it goes into dry places. It searches for peace. It searches for rest. But because there is no rest in the darkness, it comes back and knocks on the door of a human, you. It knocks on your door and tries to see if you will receive the fear again. If you will receive the curse again. If you will let it back in again. You know why? Because in the darkness, you see all Satan and all the demonic powers, all the fallen angels are cast out of heaven. They are separated from God. They are separated from the ultimate energy source. Satan has no energy. The only energy Satan has is the energy you give him. The, the power that you empower. You see, if you endure, if you quote endure and give the power to Satan and say, I just have to endure fear. I'm just going to be afraid the rest of my life. Guess what? That thing's going to harvest energy out of you for the rest of your life. Because that demon, when it's cast into darkness, there is no energy source. And so he hunts for a person. He puts his hands over you to harness the energy out of you. Because they're tormented outside of the end. Because you're, you're, you are creator. You may not know this, but the Lord created you in his image. You have a power source in you that that demon does not have. You have an energy and an ability in you that that demon does not have. And that's why they hunt you. That's why they search you out. That's why they get to, they, they look for somebody who says, well, all these sins, I wonder who's going to, give in to torment. Wonder who's going to give in to brokenness. I wonder who's going to give in to fear. I wonder who's going to 
give in to sexual immorality and let me dwell in them because of their sexual practice. You see, those, sin, those list of sins are not there for you to follow as a rule. It's a gift. It's a recognition that if you practice these things, you have a demonic power harvesting your energy. And you may think it's you making your decisions, but if you give in and let that thing harness and harvest you, literally, it rules you. Yes. Doesn't that anger you? Yes. You see, some of you have given years to the demonic. Some of you have literally accepted, I'm just going to be depressed and demoralized for the rest of my life. That's a lie from the devil. A lie. Because Jesus said, I came. I came and conquered all darkness. I hold all keys. I hold the keys of life. I hold the death, the keys of death and sin. Revelation 118, I hold the keys now, not only of life, but death and sin. So if you choose to be a sinner, that's because you've been deceived. You don't have a revelation of Jesus. You don't have a revelation that Jesus Christ holds all power, all authority, and he can restore your life. He can restore the years that the, the, the destroyer has come and harvested you. Anybody getting a revelation that you've been being harvested? You've been played like a puppet on a string. And just because you struggle with depression, just because you struggle with fear, doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. All Jesus wants is a yes. All he wants is you for you to say, I refuse to believe it. And I am in need of the Holy Ghost. You see, my deliverance didn't happen until I started to pray in tongues like a wild man, fast like a madman. Thirsting after the presence of the Lord, and he started downloading these visions. And I started having these supernatural experiences. I'm like, oh, that's why I shook in fear. That's why I was depressed. That's why. And I started hunting demons. You see, you don't hear this in the church. If, if you say I'm a demon slayer, I'm a demon hunter, oh my gosh, you're a little bit freaky in the church today. Even in the charismatic, because in the charismatic, ah, kumbaya, great, great worship. And, and you know, the gifts of the spirit are kind of like this bolt on option, right? right. Yeah, we, we, we accept the gifts once in a while. We let somebody prophesy. We don't really understand its power and its meaning. But that's, that's a lie from the devil, too, because it actually is a twisted acceptance of, of, a, of, a, of a thought process that depends on something that is of the earth. Just come and talk about a good message and da-da-da. And Paul said this about the church in 1 Corinthians 14. This is the revelation that's coming to you as the body of this church. 1 Corinthians 14, Paul said this. I wish that you all prayed in tongues even more than you prophesy. Why? Because he goes on to describe in chapter 14 that when the church comes together, you gather around, you recognize the demonic powers that each of you are facing as a body and you help each other and you say, I'm getting a word of knowledge for you. I'm getting a prophecy for you. I'm going to lay my hands on you and heal you. I'm going to drive that demon out of my friend. That's a body. What would you all look like if you identified yourselves? We're no longer the well church. We just gather on Sundays. What if you change your whole operating system that you were, you were demon hunters? 
You took, you were like Ghostbusters, baby. You actually started taking phone calls. You need deliverance. You need healing. You have a demon in your house. You have pictures falling off your wall. Call us. We are the demon slayers. What if, what if, what if you guys accepted and looked more like the modern day synagogue than you did like a group of warriors? Jesus Christ said, I will awaken warriors and you'll look like me. I walk into cities. Demons will scream. I will prophesy. I will heal the sick. I will raise the dead. What if you accepted the wrong model because the rest of these jokers look like that? All these false pastors, all these wrong representations of Jesus. Liars. Liars. How dare they be an imposter to Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ cast out devils. He healed the sick. He actually looked at those Pharisees and said, you are a liar. Can you picture Jesus fashioning the whip and walking into those synagogues? Get out of here. You misrepresentation of my father in heaven. You a liar. A liar. Man, I feel the fear of God in here. Truth is in this room. Right? There is no middle ground. You're either in the war or you're a victim. You're blue pill. You're just laying there. Oh, just I'm just I'm just the harvesting tool of the demonic. You see, if I was you, I'd go home and I'd actually write down the top five things that you face, that you struggle with, and say, Jesus, either you're real or you're not. Because I refuse to be harvested by these demonic powers. You see, you have, you have to have a revelation of vengeance. Amen. Vengeance. Jesus Christ himself said this in Isaiah 63, verse 4. My father's vengeance is in my heart. My father's vengeance. You know what vengeance is? Vengeance is a revelation that when his blood comes on you, that you're a new creature. The likes of which did not exist before his blood came on you and made you new. And therefore, you're not a victim of the harvesting process of every demon on earth. You are a son and daughter of God, made new, loved by Jesus. So loved by Jesus that you don't have to earn it. You just have to have it imparted. The Holy Ghost literally burning inside of you, trying to wake up your eyes to see this ruling spirit literally sucking the energy out of you, making you afraid, making you hopeless, making you heavy with depression. Are you with me? You see, vengeance is something you should pray for because if it was in the heart of Jesus, it should be in the heart of every son or daughter on earth. If you continue on in Psalm 91, nor uh, I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. You have to make a, a position in your heart. I will not be afraid of the terror at night, the arrows that fly by day, the destroyer that walks in darkness, the destruction that lays waste at noonday. I will not fear it. A thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. Only with my spiritual eyes, verse eight, only with my eyes. Shall I see my father's vengeance? Some versions say, only with my eyes shall I see the reward of the wicked. He's talking about the demonic powers. Only with my eyes shall I see the vengeance of God. And if you understand the vengeance of God, it's Jesus Christ coming out of heaven with the armies of heaven on your behalf. He gave his life for you. And how dare you sit there and let yourself 
be harvested because you choose to be more like the dead synagogue than you do to look like the warrior Christ. Because in Revelation 19, it says that Jesus Christ has eyes of fire, robed dipped in blood. He has all these weapons on him, riding a white horse. Coming out of heaven, it says, in righteousness, he judges and makes war. He makes war. He actually hunts the darkness. Jesus makes war. Anybody got the revelation that you need to start making war? Come on. This book... Wisdom-filled warriors, it's based on a scripture in Proverbs 21. It says, wisdom-filled warriors ascend the high place, meaning that you enter in prayer. And in prayer, you get weaponized to destroy demonic powers. Proverbs 21, 22. You ascend the high place in prayer. You receive impartations, visions, dreams that come and restore you your family, churches, everywhere you go, you break the power of the destroyer. You break the power of the things that are harvesting you and the people around you. Oh, i got to catch my breath. <laughs> you get in the picture. Is vengeance a central theme in the gospel? Yes. Do you have a revelation of vengeance? That is the question. If vengeance is in the heart of Jesus, it actually says this. <laughs> and here's the picture of vengeance. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, when Adam screwed up, did, I, did the Lord come back and say, bad boy? No. The first thing that the Lord did, he hunted down that serpent. And he said, my son's going to come take your head. My son is going to hunt you down and I'm bringing back my sons and daughters. I don't care how you deceive them. I don't care how you took their life and made them part of sin. But I'm going to send my son and he's going to crush your head. And not only is he going to crush your head, but I'm going to baptize my sons and daughters in the power of the Holy Ghost. And they're going to hunt you too. They're going to hunt you and all your minions, Satan. Every one of you are going to be hunted. They're actually going to partake in crushing and crushing and crushing and crushing. Oh my God, I want another one. You know when you see your first deliverance and you see a person fall to the ground, the demon comes out and the person gets up. Oh my God, I feel lighter. Oh my God, I don't hear that voice. It is such an awesome feeling to know that you help deliver a person. Amen. Amen. Let me read you one more scripture and I'm going to pray for a minute. Psalm 58.10 The righteous shall rejoice when they see vengeance. They shall wash their feet in the blood of the wicked. Warfare, guys. Demon hunters. The righteous rejoice when they see vengeance. When they see the power of God bringing deliverance to people's lives. They shall wash their feet in the blood of the wicked. Amen? And there's a whole slew of, there's a whole slew of of, of scripture that we, that we can go to talk about vengeance, but you should study vengeance. If you don't have an understanding of vengeance, you will not realize that Jesus is for you 100%. Not 99%, not 98%. There's nothing that, he, that would limit you from him. He has actually washed you in his blood and he's fighting for you. And he's waiting for you to grab hold of his Holy Spirit. You know why? In John uh, chapter 16, it says that Jesus says, I'm sending the Holy Spirit to do three things. One of those three things, 
Verse 11 is to bring judgment upon Satan. Which is connected to the first thing he says, which is to wash you, the people, his sons and daughters, free to make you righteous, to wash sin away from you, to make you righteous and to judge your enemy. He's not angry at you. He's coming to save you. So why would you why would you resist your savior? Why would you accept and tolerate heaviness and depression and brokenness and limitation in your life? Amen? You got the picture? Are you ready for war, church? Are you ready for war? (laughs) Say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost! Just like Jesus, or just like David asked for the heads of his enemies. I want the head of every ruling spirit. I want the head of every dragon. I want the head of every flying serpent. I want the head of every demon that has haunted me. I want it on a stake. Come on, get the visual. Your enemy's head on a stake. David, it says when David cut off the head of Goliath, he put it on the stake at the gate going into Jerusalem as a sign. He was walking like like this. What, what, what's that wrestler? What's that in that guy's name? Connor McGregor. He was walking like Connor. He's like, that's right. You mess with me. I'm a giant killer. And guess what happened? David wasn't the only giant killer. The mighty men, the people who actually believed in Jesus Christ so profoundly, they also killed giants. Are you a giant killer? Say this. Say, Jesus, Jesus. make me your modern day giant killer. Anoint me for battle. Open my eyes that I would see my enemy and prophesy your words that cut off the heads of my enemies. You see, if you don't have a revelation of prophecy, you won't value it. How does the Lord work? It's a foundational question. And a lot of you have been trained in modern day synagogue Christianity to just read your Bible, learn scripture, and just be a good guy sitting in the pew. Right? You've been trained to do it. That's why you're not a warrior. You've been trained to do it. You are, you, if those of you who grew up in church are actually in worse shape than the heathen who comes in off the street, knows they have an enemy, gets baptized in the Holy Ghost, and says, ah! Try to get a religious guy? I've worked with every denomination there is on this earth. You try to get a religious guy who's bent on what their doctrine convinced them of that is believing in anything other than the voice of the Lord, which comes by the power of the Holy Ghost, and it's, it's like pulling teeth, man. I'm not here to convince you. I'm here to testify to you. Are you with me? So the testimony of Jesus is what? The spirit of what? Prophecy. Revelation 19.10. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What is prophecy? Hearing the voice of the Lord and releasing the Lord's voice into the darkness. And the darkness cannot what? It cannot stop the light. So Paul's heart cry with the church when when he says, I pray that you all 
uh, pray in tongues even more that you prophesy. Why? So that you're weaponized. If you, if you trust in doctrines, in routines, and doing Sunday morning normal stuff over your intercession, over your deliverance sessions, over your healing sessions, if you trust in the routine more than you do the voice of the Lord, you're, ca- you're caged. Yeah. You're in a zoo. You're not in the wild. You're in a zoo. Yeah. You're that chicken in a cage we talked about last night. That chicken is accepting the cage and being 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 grounded. The Lord says you're not here to be grounded. You're here to have uh, the anointing poured on you, and you're here to be transformed into a war war eagle, right? To do supernatural things. A person who trusts in the spirit of prophecy. Are you with me? So the testimony of Jesus is in is, is the spirit of prophecy. You can talk about the Bible all day long. That's not prophecy. You know why? Because you have to understand what a testimony is. A testimony means that you walk with Jesus and Jesus appears beside you when you begin to witness the kingdom of somebody because you say, this is what the Lord's saying to you. And as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, it says people begin to weep. People begin to shake as demons come out. People, the supernatural is imparted to people, Right? That's a testimony. A testimony is not trying to beat people over the head with the Bible and saying, if you don't believe this Bible, you're going to hell. That's not that's not the way Jesus testified. Jesus walked into cities. He cast out devils. He healed the sick. He demonstrated the kingdom. And there's people there's people in dead synagogues that they call Christian churches all over America that they beat you over the head. They convince you to put your money in a plate and say, if you put your money in a plate, you're a good Christian. And all the while, they're sitting there like they're in a trance, powerless. And Jesus, Jesus makes it as simple as we can possibly get it. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So what does the word testimony mean? This might be a little funny, but I I want you to remember this, okay? The word testimony, the Latin word for testimony is the word testes. You know what testes are, right? It's the male reproductive organ. It's what houses the sperm to in one night impart something that produces life. The Greek word for for the word testimony is the word sperma. They mean the same thing. The housing, the, the, the very thing that has the power to produce life is a testimony. And the voice of the Lord is what produces life. Right? What, what it takes what, in one night a woman can get pregnant. You can try for years and years and years, and on one night, suddenly life is in you. One night. You see, there's people who have searched the earth for years and decades trying to find the real Jesus. But they're waiting for somebody to introduce the spirit of prophecy to them and impart, impregnate them with life. You with me? You see, the word prophecy is made up of two words. It's the word pro, meaning to speak, to impregnate with sperm. And the word pharaoh means to, to, to carry forth and bring forth from within to create life. So prophecy is life-giving. Prophecy says, I know you feel this way today here, but the Lord says, that's not what you are. 
You are this. And you begin to speak. And the Lord, the Lord uses you to actually speak into people's lives and says, you're not a prisoner. You're a warrior. You're not a broken man. You are one raised up to cast out devils. You are, says the Lord. Right? When the Lord spoke to Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 1, it says that the Lord touched Jeremiah's mouth and the spirit of prophecy came on him. And the Lord said this about prophecy. He said, I've given you this day the power with my words, my prophetic anointing upon your life to tear down, destroy, to break demonic powers, and then to plant and to build the kingdom of the Lord. You're actually ripping away the darkness and you're actually establishing the light, the power of the Holy Ghost. It's an impregnation, right? And so this, this impartation is central to whether you're alive in Christ or not. It's not like, it's not like well, we got this new thing going around the church that we should like want impartation. No, your whole life should be centered around impartation. You see why people pray? You know why people pray? When you get a revelation why people pray, they know that when they go into their prayer room, they begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, and all of a sudden the Lord downloads dreams and visions into their life. The Lord drops sperma. He actually gives you a set. Are you with me? He equips you to impregnate something. You see, there's a lot of people walking around the church. I'm going to say like 95% of the church walks around without the equipment. They don't have any of these. You get the picture. They have none of these. They are not equipped with testicles to impregnate somebody. And you may say, well, that's not a big deal. Well, it's a big deal in the eyes of the Lord. Under the Abrahamic covenant, which is the very definition that Jesus uh, referenced when he talked about the gospel. In the Abrahamic covenant, it says that the vision of the Lord, the dream of God, came and made covenant with Abraham and took him and the whole world that was in darkness and launched him into a destiny, a prophecy that would be released upon the earth. And what was the mark? What was the mark in covenant with, with Abraham? Abraham's equipment was circumcised. He was marked. He was anointed by the Lord. What, 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 is, the, what is the sign in the New Testament? It's the Holy Spirit, right? It says that your heart will be circumcised, not by hands, but by the power of the Holy Ghost. You will be circumcised. You will be given ability to impregnate people. And yet we have a whole church willing to just sit here, get out their checkbook and pay for, pay for their Christianity. Sit there dead. And the Lord says, you're dead. If you're not impregnating people and you have no testicles, you are not a representation of me. You're not in covenant with me. You may think you're in covenant because you do all these doctrinal things and look like the synagogue and you do all the rituals. But the evidence of me being with you is I impregnate people. Oh, baby. I impregnate people. I impart life to people. That's to sink in a little bit, guys. Say, Holy Ghost, give me a set. Make me virile. 
Cause me to impregnate people. To give life where there's death. To cast out demons. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. I want to testify. I want to witness. Paul wept over the church. Paul wept over the dead church. He talked about the church being emasculated, having an infeminate spirit, having no equipment to actually bring life. Check out your neighbor. Check check them out. See see if they have any equipment on them. I'm joking. (laughs) You know where I'm going though, right? Come on, man. Are you with me? You see... In Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 1, which the old covenant is a reflection of the new. It's actually a prophecy of the new. In Deuteronomy 23, verse 1, I pray that this verse gives the fear of God in you. And it'll tell you whether or not you're saved. Not whether you came to an altar and said, yes, Jesus, I believe. No, I'm talking whether you are a witness. Whether you are baptized in power and you actually testify of the living God releasing life into people. Deuteronomy 23, verse 1. No one who has been emasculated, meaning having your ability to reproduce cut off, is allowed in the sanctuary. So you know what? Anybody coming through those doors... Should be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Anybody coming through those doors should be equipped to impart life with visions, dreams, prophecy, all the gifts of the Holy Ghost. It is the way of life. I don't care what your your lying doctrines have told you. Those are all dead doctrines. Jesus gave one thing. It was the Holy Ghost. And there is no substitute for the Holy Ghost. I don't know if you, I don't care if you know a thousand books worth of information about what happened in the history of the church, about anything else. All that stuff is meaningless. There's only one thing. And Jesus says, if you know my Holy Spirit, if you know my Holy Spirit, life will come out of you. You will raise the dead. You will do supernatural things. You will learn to hunt demons. That's what the Lord's doing in this hour because he's tired of his church being infeminate without the ability to reproduce chickens. Doctrines produce chickens. Doctrines produce chickens willing to live in a chicken coop and peck food that gets tossed to them by a pastor. But an eagle flies high and hunts their own food, they actually hunt serpents. Right? Which one are you? Chicken or war eagle? Really? Is there evidence? Jesus asked that question, so I guess I can ask it. Would there be evidence? One more scripture and we'll start to pray. Paul cried over a dead church. Jesus actually said this. He talked about the the church that was um, made eunuchs by Jezebel. Jezebel hunted the prophetic anointing. She surrounded herself with eunuchs, people that didn't hear the voice of God. They just did what the pastor said. Right? And Jesus said this. I have this one thing against you that you tolerate that woman Jezebel, meaning that you should hunt her. You should kill her. You should kill that infeminate spirit that tries to demasculate the church and make the church effeminate. 
Because I came to give the church a sense. I came to give the church the ability to impart life, to baptize people in the Holy Ghost. Right? Paul said it this way in, in 1 Corinthians 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, he uses the word pneumaticos. It means the wind. Now concerning the wind, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be dumb in the spirit. You should have wisdom, words of knowledge, prophecy, supernatural power of the Holy Ghost. It is the way of the New Testament church. It is the way you testify. You're not, you're not, you don't get a crown on your head for rattling off a bunch of scripture and making people think you know a lot about the Bible. But if you prophesy one word of knowledge and a person gets filled with the Holy Spirit or a demon gets cast out of a person or a person gets equipped with the Holy Spirit and they suddenly see visions and dreams and they are transformed from being a eunuch into a virile son and daughter. I'm not talking about men. I'm talking about sons and daughters in the Spirit Everybody in here, sons and daughters of God, are to have testes. The sperma of the Lord, the living voice of God that breaks into the night and fights the, the darkness. That's why Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me to heal the brokenhearted, bring sight to the blind, set the captive free. He's a warrior. Say this, say, Jesus, I am your end time warrior. Baptize me in power. Cause me to mount up. Upon wings as eagles, cause me to hunt the serpent that has harvested me. Everything that I've accepted, thinking that I'm impotent, break it off of me. Drive it out of me. Send a prophetic voice to identify it and cast it out. Anoint me to raise the dead and to testify of you. Anoint me right now to baptize people in the power of the Holy Ghost that they would dream dreams, see visions, pray in tongues, and prophesy. Make me like Jeremiah. Make me a demon hunter to tear down, destroy, rip apart every demonic stronghold and to establish the kingdom of heaven in the hearts of men. Let me put testicles on the people that you sent me to. Now I pray that that vision, that imagery that I painted for you never leaves you. I pray that you are haunted in the night and you wake up going, Lord, give me a set. I'm being funny, but I want you to remember this. I pray that the Lord haunts you with the question, are you virile? Because the church is filled with liars sitting in pews, thinking they know Jesus, and all you do is know about Jesus. You don't testify of the one you walk with. Representing the kingdom of God who hunts down ruling spirits who hunts down dragons who hunts down every generational curse to help the people around you because if you had the revelation your whole life would change you would your prayer life would be the central value point of your life praying in the holy ghost expecting the lord to give you dreams and visions and waiting for the next vision the lord gives you to help the person in the church beside you in your workplace down the street 
You got the picture, right? This is a revelatory message, but it's a hard message, right? It draws a line in your heart. It draws a line in people's hearts. Before I, I'm going to start praying for people, but is there anybody in here who's uh, never had an opportunity to be equipped? Let's call it equipped. Anybody in here who doesn't pray in tongues? Um, who's never been baptized in the Holy Ghost? Come on up here, Adam. Adam, Adam, um, can, Adam, uh, I, you found your, you found my stuff on Charisma on the podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. In a lot of dreams, you've had uh, a lot of people speak about that dreams. So you, you live in Chicago. Okay, so you, you heard that I was here, and you, you, you came to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. All right, Adam. So you believe everything that I preach, right? That the Holy Ghost is for you, not against you. And the Lord wants you to be equipped that you would be one who testifies of the supernatural. Right? Just say, just say this with me. Say, Jesus, I want your baptism. I want your baptism. I want to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. To dream your dreams. To see your visions. To cast out devils. To impart your kingdom. To destroy strongholds and to demonstrate who you really are, to give life instead of death, to break curses and do the supernatural things that you said I would do. Baptize me right now in the power of the Holy Ghost. All right, say this with me, Seth, in the name of Jesus. The Holy Ghost that came on me, I give that out right now with tongues and prophecy on the count of three. One, two, three. Fill, Holy Ghost. Fill, fill, Holy Ghost. Fill. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.